Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of Matriarch Motivation. You are either finding this on Spotify or Anchor or Google, or you are finding it recorded um, in video on YouTube. But right here, we have the podcast recording speaker. And what is Matriarch Motivation? Matriarch Motivation is a podcast I created because I felt there was a voice missing in the motivational speaking, motivational speech uh, venue, especially for myself. Um, Much of the realm of motivational speeches is dominated by men, uh, ones that I actually really enjoy listening to, such as Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Andy Frasilla, Jocko Wilnick. Um, These men are extremely inspiring to me and where I am in my life now. And I often find it very difficult to connect with female motivational speakers, although there are the incredible um, few-offs, I won't say one-offs, by Oprah, Michelle Obama, Meryl Streep, um, and many others that I am very apologetic I am not mentioning by name, Um, even uh, Kristen, gosh, the the Hermione Harry Harry Potter girl. Uh, some of her speeches have been incredible, uh, in, including, um, you know, Angelina Jolie, many powerful women. Um, in the specifically motivational speaking career path, there's quite a few women who have a lot of faith behind them, who have who preach a lot of universe and manifesting and. Um, kind of an exterior element. And I think that what I see missing is women speaking about the power they have from within and the amount of tenacity we show emotionally and spiritually. And so I wanted to create a podcast that shares those stories, that shares that capability that women do have in a in a powerful strong sense i hear in many of the male dominated motivational speeches an attitude of them against the world that they are fighting um, exterior forces and external antagonists where i feel that many women show their true strength and especially endurance their ability to endure is the spiritual and emotional battles that we find within ourselves. And the the purpose for which we fight is usually not for ourselves. We are often fighting for either the world at large or the world around us. And I believe that voice is missed. One thing, when I began building what what I've built over the past few years, is a dream of putting out into the world what I wish to see because I know I'm not alone. I know that there is someone else and probably many people, many women out there who are lacking an example set for them uh, on something that they, they wish was a guide for them. So I took it upon myself to start creating it because manifesting it and wishing for it uh, isn't a fucking thing. (laughs) So (laughs) here we are. Um, the very first episode of Matriarch Motivation is going to 
be the beginning of a four-part series of me sharing my journey to surrogacy. I am currently four months, proudly and happily, four months pregnant with a surrogacy for two incredible fathers, um, a gay couple located in France, and I wanted to share that journey because nothing, I don't think anything in life is cut and dry, although many of us wish it was, or um, we can create it that way, but I think that sharing that story is a valuable a valuable experience for many women, uh, as well as myself, to be able to reflect and process a lot of what I've been through and to be able to give myself the um, reverence of, of my success through a lot of what I've what I've walked through the past two years, for sure. So <clears throat> who am, who am I? <laughs> who am I to be telling this story? Uh, my name is Julia, and I'm the founder of Pretty Aggressive Industries. The original goal of my company was to put out into the world what I wish to see, and that began with me writing a book and publishing a book called Beyond Damage, which uh, was subtitled Aggressive Recovery from the Toxic Mother-Daughter Bond. I was raised um, un- unwillingly in a toxic family legacy that spanned many generations, and I was given an inheritance of that toxicity, that abusive legacy, which I, we, we do not willingly participate in as children. And one of the things I recognized uh, at around 25 to 27 years old was that when we are raised in such legacies... Um, abusive, toxic, or we experience adverse childhood, adverse childhoods, we are severely lacking in resiliency tools, coping mechanisms, life skills. And I aggressively went on the hunt for those. And so my book, Beyond Damage, um, outlines how what I learned were the resiliency tools that um, most people lack when raised with abuse or trauma and how to build them and how to practice them and how to foster them on your own. So after that book was written, I was encouraged um, by many people around me to become a uh, recovery coach for people who have been through the same thing, mainly, mainly focusing on women. So I began my company as a author and recovery coach, and I started coaching women in recovering from their childhood abuse and then I started to build an empire. It became uh, wanting, wanting to connect mind, body, and spirit, understanding that a lot of my healing came from that, that it wasn't just my mind, my spirit, my heart I was healing. It was my body and it was my tendencies in life, my, my behaviors in life. So I became a certified personal trainer and I'm now a certified nutrition coach. And to wrap it all together, um, a certified transformation specialist, which works with people on behavior change and commitment strategies for those new behaviors. So here I am with a, with a bit of sniffles and cold. Sorry, I'll, you might not get this very sexy voice uh, in the coming podcast, <laughs> but we can only hope. So I wanted to, after that very long introduction, I wanted to share the beginning of my surrogacy story in part one of matriarch motivation and here here we go the 
my my journey started back actually in 2018, November of 2018, when I experienced my first ovarian cyst rupture. And let me tell you, that is a pain I I can I cannot even communicate the depths of. Um after after experiencing that rupture and communicating my experience to a few other women, um, understand finally understanding what it was, what I had experienced, that um, uh, apparently I should have been in the hospital, put on morphine, and laid out for a number of hours. But instead, I was on an airplane coming home from a work trip um, from China. So there's there's no place to land in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Mind you, um, beginning the experience and not understanding what was happening to me. So in a giant flying tin can, um, I started to feel the need to go to the bathroom but couldn't. And that very quickly increased to a shocking level of abdominal pain where (laughs) a... I felt like I had someone running a piece of broken glass back and forth across the interior of my lower abdomen from ovary to ovary. And I took basically what I what I know to be one of the laboring positions where we put our our hands and elbows, our forearms up on a wall and lean forward to allow our stomachs to release all the tension and, and feel it dropping to the floor in front of us in order to relax and lower the pain and pressure going on in our abdominals and on on an airplane closed airplane full of people very high in the sky I did not my my instincts were to not alarm anyone my 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 silence um was a little bit enforced by the pain as I'm someone who has a very high pain tolerance and I, 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 a level hysteria is not something I, I do. I don't, I don't become hysterical. Um, and creating a level or any sort of semblance of hysteria amongst others is actually my opposite goal of life in general. I am often the person who brings down the hysteria in a crowd. I am the executor in an emergency. And to be experiencing my own emergency, I was working very hard to keep my cool. And as I'm watching flight attendants um, kind of bustle lightly around me as I'm hanging around the back two bathrooms and not returning to my seat and um, becoming quite it in internal, really turning my my power to control my pain and my suffering uh, in this very, very small space with crowded with strangers and um, where there, there's no, there's no real access to uh, a change of of venue. (laughs) Um, I finally had a, after multiple trips in and out of the bathroom and becoming no fucks given about how long I took in there to sit, to try to, um, go to the bathroom and still not being able to, and the amount of pain I was in, where I changed from seating, sitting to standing, to sitting to standing, and I, in the, 
um, like flip down chairs in that back area. I finally had a flight attendant uh, ask me, is there any, are you okay? And is there anything I can get you? Now, again, my natural state is to recede into myself, to not alarm people. And I am on a, I have, I'm just returning from a two week work trip with my boss. And despite our level of travel together and our number of hours work together, I am still an extremely professional and private person. I pride myself on going to work, doing my job, leaving, coming home and keeping those things separate. So to have gotten to a point where I'm asking a flight attendant to please go get the man who's located in the seat beside me, because I know at this point I'm going to have to tell someone how much pain I'm in and he's the only person remotely close to me that I would express that to. Um, he's the only person, not a full stranger on that plane. Um, I, I had him called back and for my boss to kind of crouch beside me and get a little bit in my bubble and ask what's going on. And I, I look at him with tears in my eyes that I can barely hold back and tell him I am in so much pain. I'm scared. I'm going to die. And the look of shock and horror and, and confusion on his face um, registered immediately. Uh, his he he stayed calm, which was great, um, and did not make a big fuss, which was also great. Um, and to go to go through the series of questions of what do you think it is, what are you feeling, and how my immense discomfort in explaining my pain symptoms to my boss uh, was, it was not my favorite life moment. Um, and to run through all of my other worries of, and ridiculous ones at that, that I had, I, my main worry was that I had somehow swallowed a fish bone from traditional Chinese food and that it was, or a chicken bone and that it was um, rupturing my intestines, attempting to be pushed through my digestive system. And his, the, the classic, okay, that's not a thing, <laughs> was, um, was able to lighten the mood ever so slightly, um, just a decibel. And then for us to kind of come, come up with nothing, we had no idea what was, what was going on between the two of us not being medical professionals and my symptoms not being anything clear, um, we, we got to a point where the flight attendant, we had hit some turbulence, and she told us that we had to sit down. And I, I, I submitted. And as we got back to our seats, um, and I am still experiencing shredding pain in my abdomen, in my abdomen, and attempting to breathe through it. I've had a baby and been through labor. This is worse. Um, whereas I didn't have many problems with labor. And it's also, that's not a pain, that's a process. Whereas this was a searing pain. Um, and and my boss asking again, what what can I do? And he he happens to always travel with a pack of emergency medications of sorts, I told him to drug me 
and so that I would sleep. And he delivered. I was given sleeping pills and pain meds, and I uncomfortably in an airplane seat uh, s- kind of slept through the rest of my ovarian cyst rupture for however many hours. Um, upon exiting the plane, um, I woke up in less pain, um, but feeling like I had been in a plane crash, like I had experienced a huge amount of full body trauma. And as we walked um, off the plane and continued through to customs, my my pace would often, um, not often, his pace would often uh, out, outpace me. And as he would walk at a normal pace, he would get quite a few steps to a few meters in front of me until I would have to pathetically call out and reach, please slow down. I can't go that fast. And for him to click in and remember what I had just been through a few hours before that he had just started to walk towards customs and I was attempting to follow and not able to, I was not able to walk at a normal pace. And on our drive from the airport back into our hometown, uh, him to continue to very every every few minutes ask, "Are you sure you don't want me to drop you to merge? Are you sh- like can like should I call someone? Uh, like, do you need to be dropped off at your doctor's office?" And through my mind, and I'm my reactions are my thought process through all the things I am responsible for when I get home that I have my daughter being dropped back off to me to gain custody after not seeing her for two weeks. Um, That if I dropped at a merge with all of my luggage, that's crazy. Why would I, I can't, that's, that's nuts. I'm not being dropped. And if I'm dropped at a merge, how would I get home after I'm done? And we don't even know if anything's wrong and I don't want to be ridiculous. And the pain isn't the same as it was. It's starting to, it's starting to recede. And I'm, and I'm, and I have to get back to my house and I need to get on with my life that despite the severe medical issue, I have clearly just endured my response to, do you need more medical attention is no, I have other things I need to do. So, um, after this, after this experience, it took me five days of continued abdominal pain, of waiting, of continuing to go to work, of caring for my child before I, I decided and admitted to myself that something is very wrong and I need to see a doctor. So I made an appointment and I went to see my GP and the week before I left for my trip to China, I felt as though something was wrong. I had booked an appointment and seen my doctor and told him that I felt something was off before I left through a routine check and, and specifically with my ovaries, my uterus, something. I, I had that woman's intuition that something was not quite right in my body. To have him tell me, I can't find anything. There is nothing wrong. For me to suggest, should we take an ultrasound? 
He says this isn't necessary. So to come back um, two weeks plus five days, 19, 20, 25 days later, and say to him, I, I'm ha- tell him the story of the airplane torture, um, and to have him say back to me very nonchalant, it sounds like you had an ovarian cyst rupture. And for me to put the words ovaries and rupture together, uh, <laughs> I, I had to look at him and say, I'm, I'm sorry, what, what is that? Uh, what exactly is that? So the, the, the long beginnings of where I've gotten to now have come from this this beginning story, this journey through my my connection, not only with um, wanting to further create a family and women's very spiritual connection to their reproductive organs and what it means for them as a person and a woman, and then also our experiences um, with the the amount of pain our own bodies can inflict on us and what we endure through. Um, also how our brains, how our brains work, how we, how we choose to manage a situation despite our own experiences in that situation to put others comfort or safety or um, need for calm or serenity in front of our own needs is a a superpower in itself when so many of us are talking about self-care these days and what is that trying to discover what that looks like and a lot of the time it's about putting ourselves first and our it's interesting how we do participate in attempting to repeatedly do that for ourselves and how our own wiring and mechanism our mechanisms as women often trip us up um, and we at times create our own prolonged suffering and yet yet our ability to endure that is an incredible feat in itself it is the strength designed within us I find and as I as I came out of that that second doctor's appointment after returning home and having very few of my questions answered, um, also being denied a referral to a gynecologist because my doctor's explanation is, well, we should rule out everything else first, make sure it's not a GI tract problem, make sure that it's not um, endometriosis. Um, So his response to my story is that he wants to do a bunch of investigative work and that both an ultrasound as well as, I believe he booked an ultrasound, um, but it could take two to three weeks in the Canadian medical system for me to gain the appointment, two to three weeks before the appointment would happen, um, and to be denied my request to be referred to a gynecologist, and going to other females, other other women in my in my village, in my system, in my support system, and to have a number of them tell me, one, I can't believe you fucking 
survive an ovarian cyst rupture because that's exactly what it sounds like. I've had one. You survived it on an airplane. When I had one, I went to the hospital and had morphine for a number of hours and screamed through it and then was sent home. And then for them to communicate to me that being denied a referral to a gynecologist by a GP is unheard of and unacceptable. So simply from the experience that I had and the subsequent events, I could see this becoming a bit of an uphill battle <laughs> as, as it was, as it was. So to, to kind of wrap up this, this part one of getting, getting to a f- getting to the the four months into a beautiful, incredible, powerful surrogacy, I look back on that first experience and some parts of me wonder, God, how, how much we allow ourselves to suffer. And I've worked so hard at building the tool of being able to have control of my mindset to look at those situations and scenarios and know that I, it wasn't a futile struggle. That was me building myself, that those were the beginning. That was the beginning of a very powerful journey that I was about to embark on and become much of who I am today. And to not, not have shame or regret in the steps I took and the path I walked. And I think that that is just the beginning of, of the story that I'm, I'm going to be sharing here. So this, this, this concludes part one of matriarch motivation, the surrogacy journey. And I hope, I hope you enjoyed that. And the next Next video, next podcast episode, we'll be going through um, how how I came to the decision to become a surrogate from from having ovarian cyst ruptures. I hope you join me next time. Again, my name is Julia. Uh, I run. I am the founder of Pretty Aggressive Industries, and I am hoping that women find their power through these stories. Oh, 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 oh,